This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Morning Breath does start right now. This is Mark Cook, and I'm glad that you are joining us uh, with our drive-time devotion that is sure to jumpstart your day. That's what Morning Breath is. Uh, we get into our Bible, we read a chapter the night before, we read it the morning of, and then we come down here to the studios at East Coast Christian Center in Merritt Island, we read it on the air, and we talk about wherever God leads us, and so it's exciting to be a part of. Today is Wednesday, January 8th. We'll be in Luke chapter 6. We'll get there in just a few minutes, but first I want to welcome my uh, my favorite co-host, my wife Angela Cook. How are you doing, baby? I'm doing great. How are you? Can, can you see me well? I can't, because I've, I have my glass and I can see what I'm reading well, but not the people across the room. <laughs> yeah. So. I shouldn't be so far away. You're close enough. Uh, Hi. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> hey, so I have a special little thing I have to do because I told her I would. My Aunt Brenda, Brenda Ely up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I'm giving her a shout out. Hey, hey Aunt hey, Brenda. Hey, Aunt Brenda. Yes. She told us we are her favorite hosts, so <laughs> she gets that. She said, I need a shout out next time you guys are together. I said, oh, you better believe there we're shouting out. Grand Happy New Year to her. Rapids in the house. <laughs> <laughs> up there freezing. It's right. uh, it's in the 70s down here, Brenda. So just letting you know. <laughs> so we're so glad you guys have joined us from wherever you might be, and that's one of the neat things about uh, Morning Breath is you can catch it uh, from anywhere in the world, really. We want you to join us on the program. We want you to know where we're reading so you can read along with us, and then you can listen to the program uh, with us. And so you can do that several ways. You jump on our app, the East Coast app. Uh, there's a podcast on there. You can uh, get on the podcast and listen uh, to all kinds of shows. I remember when we lived in Tennessee, I would listen to the podcast sitting in our driveway sometimes. Yeah. I just remember a few key moments. But you can get the Morning Breath guide on there as well uh, that tells you what chapter we've been in and where we're, where we're going. So you can read with us. That same information is on our website, eccc.us. And of course, you can always call the office if you want a uh, emailed or a hard copy, 321 one four five two one zero six zero. We'll get you a morning breath guide. I think I did. I jump ahead of you. You were supposed to do that. And I took That's it. okay. That's okay. Tell them about the YouTube page. Yeah, you want to get uh, <laughs> the YouTube pages on there. You want to use our website uh, and use our YouTube page to just learn all about us, to hear our messages, to find out what's going on at East Coast. There's always stuff happening around here. Yes. And uh, so we want you uh, to be a part of it. So use those resources and join us. Yeah. And some things we got going on around here today, tomorrow. Yes. yes. Tomorrow, January 9th, our new classes start at ECCU. ECCU. Yes. Yep. Yep, so many C's, C's on everything yeah, around here. We don't have to count to them. You can get on um, eccuequipped.com, and that gives you the class schedule and all the information yeah, you need about East Coast Christian University. Yeah. yeah. Um, next week, we start our prayer week, the 13th through the 17th. That's going to be an amazing week. I strongly encourage everyone to get involved in that. Um, but tonight, we have Wednesday Night Live, which is in the format of our first Wednesday um, services. We'll have an extended time of worship, and then we're going to have a question and answer time with our very own Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. We'll also have food trucks beforehand. You can get some dinner with your family. Um, just a great time to get together, press in the beginning of this new year, 2020. Um, and we'd love to see you tonight, Wednesday Night Live. And there's an after party as well. We usually awesome. have some desserts and things like that, so it's a lot of Always fun. fun. Uh, just a note on that prayer week next week, that's uh, that's in the morning. We meet here in the Parkway uh, from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So those are the early, ri- early risers. We come in, we have a, a time of uh, worship and uh, just prayer together, and it's really powerful. Uh, we've been doing it for the last couple of years, and it's becoming a tradition around here. So I want to encourage you. It's worth it. I don't love crawling out of bed super early, uh, but I've never regretted being at one of those uh, events. So I'll, I'll make sure you mark your calendar for that. Yeah. We've got a long chapter we to do. read. It's Luke, so I think everybody's used to hearing, hearing us say that. Luke wrote, uh, he was long-winded. 
I uh, love Luke. We're in uh, chapter 6, and there's 49 verses. And so we decided that there's a pretty good break. It's not it's not in the middle, but uh, there's a good break after verse 26. Yeah. So if you want to read the first 26 verses, I'll take us home. Yeah, and I'm in a version I'm not used to. It's the Holman Christian Standard Version. Okay. Um, a friend of mine got me this Bible. It, it seems to look a lot like the New Living Translation. Okay. But I'm in that version today, and I know you're in the New King James. I am. So it'll be fun to hear how they sound. Yes. So I'll get you started for all this reading we've got in front of us. I say right. unto you, read, ma'am. Luke 6. On a Sabbath, he passed through the grain fields. His disciples were picking heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands, and eating them. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Haven't you read what David and those who were with him did when he was hungry? How he entered the house of God and took and ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat? He even gave some to those who were with him. Then he told them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. A man was there whose right hand was paralyzed. The scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so that they could find a charge against him. But he knew their thoughts and told the man with the paralyzed hand, Get up and stand here. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do what is good or to do what is evil, to save a life or to destroy it? After looking around at all of them, he told him, stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was restored. They, however, were filled with rage and started discussing with one another what they might do to Jesus. During those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples, and he chose twelve of them. He also named them apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. After coming down with them, he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those tormented by unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Then, looking up at his disciples, he said, "You who are poor are blessed because the kingdom of God is yours. You who are now hungry are blessed because you will be filled." You who now weep are blessed because you will laugh. You who are blessed when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are now laughing, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. Verse 27, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. 
But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Press down, I'm sorry, I was reading the old King James. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they both not fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Amen. And there's a ton of stuff in this in this chapter. Lots of places Huge to go. Stuff. Yeah. Lots of ways. Yeah. You want to you want to take it away? I don't know. I have a couple places. Um, should we start towards the beginning and talk about Sabbath or we could go towards the end and talk about how our words and our actions maybe don't we can start up? with the, we can start with the Sabbath okay. and then we'll then we'll work our way back because I was I was thinking a lot about that as well. The the Sabbath, you know, God gave the Sabbath and, and these religious leaders made such a big deal about it because their goal and one of the things that we got to keep in mind, it's, it's easy to be hard on, on the religious leaders who, who seem to be such evil people, but what they had in mind was they wanted to be very zealous for the law of God because they believed that when Israel was holy as a nation, then it would be redeemed. Yeah. And that was their—so that, that's what they were after, but they just misunderstood what God's heart was about it, and that's how, how come they got so frustrated with Jesus and why he got so frustrated with them. Because when God gave the law of the Sabbath— he gave it as a rest for his people. He gave it for the purpose of saying, six days you shall labor, and on the seventh day you shall rest. And the purpose of the rest was that so we would know that he is our provision, that he is our resource, and that life doesn't just consist of trying to scrape together a living, that God is the God of more than enough. And so he put a law in place, and he said, look, work on all these days, but take this day and don't work for your provision. Just trust me. And they took, these guys then took that to another level, and they began to say that if you do anything that in any way resembles work or could be defined as work, then you're breaking the law of God and you're unholy. And so they, they, they took it to that direction, and that's never what God had in mind. 
And so they would look for they were looking for ways to trip Jesus up, and he, he would intentionally do things on the Sabbath to try to teach them that the Sabbath is a place for rest, and it's also a place to receive God's provision. And so God had provision for people to be healed. And Jesus demonstrated that on the Sabbath, and these people didn't work for their healing. They just came in and they believed God, and they believed that Jesus had something for them, and they received healing from him. And, but they were accusing him of working. And what, what he was doing was he was demonstrating that the Sabbath is a place where we rest and receive from God, and they just didn't understand it. Sure, they didn't understand it because they had lived their entire lives working for the law. That was how they were justified. Yeah. That's how and yeah, that's how they thought they were justified. Yeah, that's how they thought they were up until this point though, that is how they were justified. Mm-hmm. Think about Jesus turned the world on its ear. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine someone coming in. Sometimes I wonder if they weren't they were testing, they were testing like, is this this guy real? Is this guy for real right now? He's coming in here. I can't even imagine what it felt like to be a Pharisee. First of all, because you're already you're kind of esteemed as above things because you're in this position of being priests and of being, you know, quote unquote, the higher ups and teaching people the law. And now all of a sudden this guy is coming in and saying, oh, wait, I'm your Messiah. You need to listen to me. I'm and they're well, you're not doing the things we're wait, hold on. You're going against everything we've ever known. And so I just I, I look at the Pharisees in that way, maybe in a compassionate way almost. I think I've said that on here before. Like, wow, I can't even imagine what it would have felt like to be those religious leaders and be told everything you've known up until now is about to change. Hold on to your seat. <laughs> sure. And I think part of it, though, part of the problem that they created for themselves was that they they were making up their own definitions of what things meant. Sure. They were adding to the law. And that's why Jesus in another passage would say, you are violating God's law with your doctrine. Like Your yeah. doctrine that you have decided what work means and you've decided how to define these things, you've added to what God actually said and you've gone outside the bounds of what God was intending. Sure. And so that's where Jesus would get frustrated with them because they decided that they were going to determine what God meant and that everybody had to abide by what they said. And when Jesus came along, Jesus never violated the law. Right. He kept the law perfectly, but he didn't keep their doctrines perfectly because their doctrines were outside the law and they couldn't distinguish. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good. Um, kind of looking back, looking at the idea of the Sabbath, um, I like the I like the teaching. I like the idea that we live in the finished work of Jesus. Yes. Um, some theologians, some some scholars say we actually are living in the Sabbath. We are living in the seventh day. Yeah. Um, I think we had a guy come a few years ago. Um, he was in creationism, and he yeah. talked about there are two theologies that we actually live in the seventh day um, and some other theology that I didn't hear. I don't really remember what he said, but just that idea that we actually live in the Sabbath rest because Jesus is the Sabbath. And I love that um, because it just, it makes more sense. It makes so much sense to my heart that I get to live in the Sabbath because if I'm making it law again, then I'm kind of defeating the purpose of resting. And so um, I just was... When I read this, I just looked at um, Galatians. I went into Galatians again, and you know we've been we've spent some time in Galatians over the last several months, and um, I love what it says in Galatians. It says, "Why then was the law given? It was added because of transgressions." It said, "The law was our guardian until Christ, mm. so good. that we could be justified, so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under." 
the guardian. Yeah. But for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And so if I look at it from that angle, I don't have to fulfill the law anymore because the law has been fulfilled for me by through Jesus Christ. So I am redeemed. I am justified now because I have faith in that truth. Yes. And so I just love looking at uh, just the Sabbath in, in that way to know that even when I might feel like I'm striving, Jesus is there and he's resting for me. Yes. And I can rest just knowing that. And there's just so much, there's nothing, there's nothing attached to that that makes that feel like a stress, that, that, that makes that feel like a work. Sure. And because, again, and even in Galatians, Galatians is full of this idea of why are you going back to the law? Yeah. Paul was so, just like Jesus is telling the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, wait, is it wrong for me to do something right because it's the Sabbath? Should I not do a good thing because it's the Sabbath? Paul's saying that to the Galatians. He's saying, why are you going back to the law? Don't get enslaved again. And he says several times, um, in there, everyone who does not continue doing everything written in the book of the law is cursed. Like, you can't keep the whole law, guys, and I'm here to fulfill that for you. And so rest in that. Don't try to take on the law again. And that's what I love about this section. It's just Jesus showing who he is. Well, and he calls out the lie. You know, he says here, is it lawful to do good or to do evil? See, their, their position was you can't do anything on the Sabbath. There's nothing that you can do. If you do anything, you're outside the law. He's saying, no, you're either doing good or you're doing evil. Right. You're doing something. doing something. So which is it that's yes. lawful to do? Is it lawful to do good or evil? Yes. And so if we're always doing, if you're breathing and you're awake, you are doing. <laughs> yeah. So why not rest in his finished work? Well, and think about, think if we go back to the, uh, the origin of the Sabbath, it was during creation. God created everything and then he created man and put him in the middle of it. Mm. And so man didn't have to get to work trying to create the things that he needed. Mm. God created everything, and then he rested, and man was in the middle of everything that God had done, and the provision was already there. And that's the picture of the Sabbath, that God has already provided what we need, and that's where you're talking about Jesus came in, and now Jesus' finished work has provided, has taken us back to the place of being able to rest. That's why it says in Hebrews that there is therefore now a rest for the people of God. Some people didn't enter in, but we have the opportunity, and how do we do that? We enter into the rest of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really, that's, that's what he was demonstrating. And this is God's heart. If you wonder what God's heart is, it's that we would receive through Jesus everything that he has provided for us. That's why Jesus, it says he cast out the demons. He healed those with unclean spirits. And everyone who came to him, he, it says in verse 19, he healed them all in this multitude. He didn't turn anybody away. Everybody was able to receive healing because he is the one that freely that freely gives. Yeah. It's good. That is so good. So what else did you have? Um, in verse 46, the title kind of of that in my Bible says the two foundations, talking about building on two foundations. Um, the other day I heard a an interview with Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she does a lot of um, brain studies, and but from a biblical perspective. And she was talking about something called cognitive dissonance. And it's when you say something, but you don't believe what you just said. Mm-hmm. And she was likening it to how in church we have some church lingo where we're, we'll, we'll throw out these things. I'm blessed and highly favored. Um, I am the head and not the tail. She was just throwing out these catchphrases we kind of have. And sometimes we'll say them, but we really don't know what they mean. Or we'll say them and we don't really know. We 
we don't really believe what we're saying. Yeah. And she said what happens is that causes confusion in your brain and it literally breaks your brain cells down. So she's saying you're you're ultimately causing brain damage. Um, obviously, it would be over time. But think about that. Um, in this passage, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. So when the flood came, he wasn't destroyed. Yeah. And so I just kind of started thinking about what she had said in, in relation to this passage. It talks about the man who doesn't do what the word says. And what happens? He collapses. And I was just thinking about how we collapse under pressure so many times because we're really saying something we don't believe. And it's so important for us to understand what it is we're saying and what it is we believe about what we're saying. It's very easy to say, by his stripes, I am healed. And not just like Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? I will show you someone, what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. When we say certain catchphrases, I am, by his stripes, I am healed. We are healed. We were healed. When we say those things, do we believe it or are we just chanting something that we've heard other people say and we don't really understand and we're not really taking the time to understand? Because digging something deep, digging deep, laying a foundation on a rock, you have to dig past the sand to get to the rock. This yeah. That's what the picture is here. Digging deep into get onto that, that hard rock. That takes work. That takes time. That takes... Discipline. It does take discipline. You have to truly... And I can attest, I've been in that place. I'm so thankful that I started hearing those phrases, though, that someone said them to me that I had to say, wait a minute, what? But what I had to do next was I had to investigate for myself. I had to go and say, what does that mean? I had to start digging some of that dirt up. I need to find this rock that they're talking about. Yeah. And I need to understand it for myself and start building on that for me. Yes. So that when I say those words, I'm actually believing what I'm saying, even if I'm feeling something, if one of my kids are, are have a fever, even if my friend is laying in the hospital, you know, with something really bad, I have to know that I believe it because then I'm not confusing my heart. I'm not confusing my brain. I'm not breaking down to where I'll collapse if something comes against me or, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I thought about that and just relation to what Carolyn Leaf talks about and how important it is for us to truly, truly believe what we're saying. When I think what people need to have the freedom, and I, um, Gary Cassie said this once when he came in and he spoke at our church, and it stuck with me, and I've said it many, many times. I remind myself of it, and I like to let people know. Um, and it's so important that you understand that it's okay not to be in faith. And people think, well, what? Is, what how can that be? If you're faking it, you're, make it till you make it. You're saying the things that you're, yeah, you're <laughs> don't saying, do that. <laughs> you're saying what you hear everybody else say, but you don't understand it and you haven't taken the time to dig into the word for yourself and really uncover it and let the Spirit of God reveal that to you. Then you're not doing the work that it takes to really build up the faith. Just speaking it out doesn't work. It's, it's what you say in faith. And so to be able to sit back and go, you know what? I, I want to believe, I hear it. Now I need to go investigate it because I hear it and I want to believe it, but I know that I don't fully believe it. You need to be willing to admit that, you know what, I don't understand that well enough to say that I believe it fully. That's okay. And sometimes I think we have a fear of doing that, especially if we're in church and we're around a faith community of people who seem, it seems like everybody gets it but me. First of all, I can promise you that's not true. Mm -hmm. And secondly, even the folks who do get it, 
They've, they've gotten it because they took time to dig in and get alone with God and, get, and let the voice of God become a dominant voice in their life and let the Word of God become the dominant thing in their life so that they can begin to understand it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's an active tense. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so instead of just saying what you wish were true, begin to pursue the Word of God so that it becomes alive in you. The, the Word of God is active and alive. And, and that's what it says of itself. And so having that active, alive Word doing a work in you, having the Spirit of God quicken it to you, will help you get to the place where then you can go, oh, now I do understand it, now I do believe it, and now when I say it, I can say it with faith and confidence and not confuse my heart or my brain. Yeah. And that's so important. And that, I think that, that's a word of freedom that people need. It's okay not to be in faith because you have to have a place to start so you can get in faith. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131, and our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson, and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green, and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, will be out January 17, 2020. You can buy, stream, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Breath. Welcome back to the show, and uh, we've got some closing thoughts for you. Yeah. 
Um, verse 39, no, verse 40, it says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. And that's been a verse that has come up in my life a lot over the last several years. Um, I started homeschooling our kids, you know, early on with the idea that the pupil becomes like his teacher, the pupil becomes like his master. And there are so many dominating voices out there that we can listen to. Obviously, we need to be listening to the word of God. We need to listen to his voice because he is the great teacher and we want to become like the great teacher. In the process, though, as we get this, the beginning of this year, there's so many opportunities to press into Jesus through community, through the church community. We have Wednesday Night Live tonight. We have the mornings of prayer coming up. Those are so many awesome ways to press in. Find that person, find that voice, find that teacher that you can become like, someone who is an example of Christ's love, of the word of God, so that you can grow in your faith. Yeah. And so I just really encourage you right now to find that person, find that podcast, find something that's going to help you grow so that you can become like that person who follows the word. Yeah. Hit the ground running in 2020 and just be consistent. The word will get in you and it'll absolutely change your life. It just comes through consistency and discipline. That's what a disciple is. He's a disciplined follower. We love you. Happy yeah. New Year. See you tonight. Bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.